Hello friends, I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing. The first 18 episodes of this podcast contain the full audiobook version of my book, Defining Marriage. And now, every week, we talk about what's happening with marriage equality and pigs and purgatory and stuff. Hi, James. Hello, I'm rolling in the deep. Oh, what's in the deep? The Cathedral of the Deep. Oh, yuck. There's some slime blobs and a maggot man. There's a guy with two swords who spins around. There are little furtive pygmies with pokey sticks that want to shove them up my butt. So is this like some sort of Hieronymus Bosch painting that you've fallen into? Uh, no, it was just the eagle. <laughs> okay. Now, it's Dark Souls 3! Spoiler alert, there's a location called Cathedral of the Deep. I've ruined your game experience. How dark are the souls? Um, it is impolite to ask oh. that. So, now this is a this is a spoopy game that you're playing, right? It's not the spoopiest. It's uh, a game of uh, troubles. You have a lot of troubles. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm of more than one kind. Some come from in front, and some come from behind. So, do you know, Dr. Seuss's I had trouble in getting to Sala Salu? I know of it. It is that, but a video game. No, it isn't. It is. It is I, I don't have, accept it that. It is I had trouble in getting to Sala Salu. And so you had to fight some maggot men in the Cathedral of the Deep? Kind of. Now, I've watched you play a bit of this, uh-huh. and there aren't, like, jump scares, but there are icky monsters, and your character started off looking kind of like Susan Powder, and now looks I like... I prefer to think of him as Annie Lennox. Okay, sure. And now looks like the old man from Up. Like, uh, this character has been through the ringer. He, he looks more like chewed-up bubblegum. Okay. I, I don't know. He, the, the guy from Up is a cutie. He's a real daddy bear. <laughs> That's the sound of daddy bear. It is. When he's trying to start his engine in the morning. <laughs> you pull on his dingus until his engine starts. Oh, he's got like a ripcord? Yep. He just mm. ripped that dingus off. <laughs> I don't think you understand bears. You claim to have been to the eagle, but uh, this is what you think you do to a bear. <laughs> We've got some marriage equality news this week. Tell me more. Oh, well. Uh, so, good news in Texas for Suzanne and Sarah. Oh, yeah. my favorites. Suzanne and Sarah, who are they? They're a lovely lesbian couple, oh. uh, and the state of Texas was trying to not marry them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they got married a little over a year ago. It was February 19th, 2015. They missed Valentine's Day. Just barely, just barely. And poor planning on their part. Uh, very poor, yes. Well, uh, as we'll hear, there's been some poor planning on everyone's part. Uh. Uh, mostly on the state of Texas's, though. Uh, mm-hmm. So, they got married uh, February of 2015. Mm-hmm. Now, wait, you may say... Uh, okay. Now, wait. Didn't Texas ban marriage at that point? Didn't it take the Supreme Court ruling in June to legalize marriage in Texas? Oh, did they? Okay. How could this lesbian couple possibly have married in February? How indeed? Uh, well, that is what the state of Texas was asking, and they're saying, therefore, uh, they should never have been considered married. Okay. I mean, this seems like a silly argument, because even if that were true, couldn't they just get married now? They could. Oh. So the background of the case uh-huh. uh, is that uh, Sarah had ovarian cancer. Okay. Uh, and so it was very important that they get married very quickly. I see. Uh, she's still alive. She's doing okay. Good for uh, her. So hooray! Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, uh, the prognosis was unclear. So even though they couldn't get married, it seemed like they ought to get married as fast as they can. So they filed a lawsuit, and a judge issued a temporary restraining order that uh, said that the state's marriage ban was unconstitutional, and that happened back in February. You can do that with a restraining order? I didn't know there were constitutionality restraining orders. You can get all kinds of restraining orders. They come in lots of different flavors. Okay. And in this case, the order applied to the state. So the state was enjoined from enforcing its marriage ban mm-hmm. very briefly, and then the state stepped in and was like, oh, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we, we're going to be challenging this, so uh, the marriage ban needs to remain in place. 
Were they twirling their mustaches and wringing their hands while they uh, tried to stop a woman with ovarian cancer from getting married? I mean, come on. Why not just hire to the railroad, the railroad tracks? Yeah. Seriously. They're like, oh, adorable little old ladies uh, with children. You would like to get married uh, and one of you has a terminal illness? Well, we can't allow that. I mean, really, they, I, like I'm imagining the wolf from um, from Robin Hood, like the bad sheriff, like oh. strolling in thumping yep. a coin down in like the poor box to bounce all the other coins up and steal them all mm-hmm. uh so that was attorney general ken paxton is played by the, by wolf. the wolf uh the wolf also was a a voice of a man who was a real man in one of the james bond movies wasn't he wasn't he like the southern sheriff that they kept running into oh no that's a different guy oh, it's a different guy but okay. playing the same character essentially yeah but gee he was kind of like southern sheriff character that character was big in the 70s 60s and 70s he was yeah. on um uh green acres yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like that character was in everything. Wasn't that character in Fox and the Hound? Oh, maybe. I haven't seen the Fox and the Hound. What? I know. It's sad, right? You're going to show it to me and bum me out now? Ah, uh, yes. That's my goal in life. So, I actually have seen it. Uh, oh. I saw it when I was Why like, are you lying to me? Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't a rock. It was a rock. Lobster. It's that kind of lie where it's like, hey, here's a rock. But it's not a rock. So, I saw it when I was five-ish. Uh-huh. And here's what I remember. Nothing. Oh. And then afterwards, my aunt took me to see it. And then afterwards, she was so sad and upset from this film, she couldn't stop talking about it. Oh. And I think that I've forgotten all about this movie because Mm -hmm. it was so freaking sad. So I just couldn't deal with it. So I put it out of my mind. The other thing that I remember from this movie Uh is a wise old owl saying forever is a long time. That's true. That's also in a They Might Be Giants song. So I guess the wisdom, some of the wisdom rubbed off on me. Sure. Some of the owly wisdom. She also said three no that's a different you're it, that's very racist of you to think all owls, <laughs> all owls are the same owl all owls are the same owls well so that was the owl who plays the saxophone right and put down the ducky uh nope different owl yet again different owl yeah there are a lot of there, there are many different owls is it the owl well i actually can't remember any famous lines from the owl and winnie the pooh oh you mean owl the owl yeah uh is that a racist name it might be mm. but the same would be true for rabbit i guess Piglet. not eeyore no he's named after the noise he makes is actually it? the noise he doesn't make wait are you saying he's named for like a donkey noise yeah hmm you've always got donkeys on the brain i do it's an affliction you're a talking ass uh, <laughs> anyway so anyway. attorney general ken paxton the evil wolf of uh of texas which mm-hmm. actually sounds like a pretty badass title, so let's not call him that. Sure. Just attorney, evil attorney general Ken Paxton said that if these two lesbians were allowed to get married, and the judge justified what he did, he said that um, normally the court is required to give the state forty-five minutes, uh, forty-five minutes, minutes, forty-five days uh-huh. notice uh, before allowing anything to happen here. But in a situation like this, the judge says that this was an emergency situation because the woman was about to die, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, he's allowed to do this. A situation like this, what kind of situation is this? What does this fall under? Uh, technically, the technical term? Yeah. Emergency. Okay. So... I didn't know needing to get married could be an emergency. It well, can be? what he ruled is that the Texas's marriage ban violates the U.S. Constitution. Okay. And that this woman, uh, these, this couple is suffering irreparable harm for every day that they're not allowed to get married. Mm-hmm. And there's the possibility, because of a possible impending death, that uh, things could get far worse for them. And so if they don't get married now under this, unco- you know, uh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this constitutes an emergency situation where he is not required to issue, where he's... Uh, allowed to grant them relief without providing the 45 days notice the state said this will result in legal chaos that was Uh that was the technical term put forth by the state by ken paxton Mm -hmm. legal chaos if these two women are allowed to get married Mm -hmm. well 
So far, there's been no legal chaos. It wasn't the purge immediately after No, that? no. People were not rioting like, in the streets. All laws are suspended in Texas. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> because these two lesbians were allowed to get married. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they were allowed to stay married. That This week, there was a final ruling that, uh, yep, yep, you're married, you're married, you can stay married, and the state uh, is idiots, and uh, go away. Mm-hmm. So uh, they put out a statement. Suzanne Bryant uh, said, we're glad to know we're married. We thought we were, and now everyone knows for sure. That's very good. Yes. Um, I thought Texas would want legal chaos. Don't they want rootinous, tootinous, <laughs> like everybody's got six guns and... Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't just, know. Uh, stand your ground and uh, wrestle some cattle. Isn't it like as you said, Russell, Sam? not wrestle. Wrestle some cattle? Yeah, wrestle the castle. Oh, oh, that sounds like a fun children's show. Sure. Uh, isn't Yosemite Sam like the mayor of Texas? I think he's, uh, the, the queen. Oh, oh, I see. That's why he allowed this to happen. Yosemite Sam was their attorney. Wait, Yosemite Sam, is that his name? The one with the big mustache and the guns? That's the one. He roots and he toots? Uh, he does both of those things. Mm. Sometimes simultaneously. Ooh. Va, 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 voom. What? I don't know. Yep. So, uh, in other news... Other news. Uh, it's been a, it's been a week of... Bits and pieces of marriage news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Republicans, you might have heard, or you might not have, are trying to... Uh, they're, they're a little split. Republican Party's having a hard time these days. Are they? There's a lot of different opinions about the direction the party should be taking. Mm. One of those schisms involves gay marriage. Okay. You've got, on one side, the Tony Perkinses of the world. Not the star of Psycho. The deceased star of Psycho. This is, so this yes. is, they, they, they haven't done uh, a seance to communicate with Tony Perkins. No. To find out where he thinks the Republican Party should go. No, I, I'm sure he would have had lots of ideas. Consult with mother. <laughs> uh, Norman, uh, I think we should be more fiscally responsible and drive down the budget. I want to defund the EPA. Now, wait, is this a double seance? Is yeah, he, like, is his ghost having to seance well, it's, a, a uh, double ghost? It's Rince Priebus, or whatever his name is. Right. Rince and Repetus right. uh, summons Tony Perkins, and then Tony Perkins summons his mother. So there's a different Tony Perkins. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, really? There's there's Tony Perkinses. This That happens with seances sometimes. You get the wrong one. So, Remember Wild Wild World of Batwoman? I do. I do. Uh, there's nothing we can say about that scene nope. that is acceptable we for broadcast. We can't describe the scene. No. No, it's not a good scene, but it's a great it's scene. It's an amazing but scene. But it's terrible. Anyway, that was an episode of Mystery Science Theater, so uh, listeners who are curious about that can do some investigation of their own. Uh, Tony Perkins that I'm talking about is still alive, oh. alas, and he uh, is associated with the American Family Association and all that nonsense and bullshit about defending the families by attacking gay families. Well, if anybody ever wanted to defend the family, it would be Norman Bates. That's true. The family's very important to <laughs> it's him. It's true. It's true. He had strong relationships with family members. Uh, bad Tony Perkins. Uh, I actually did a video about him. You can check out my YouTube channel see me debunking a takedown of an anti-gay infomercial mm-hmm. uh he put out this video about how americans religious freedom is under attack and that's why churches need to give him 30 dollars, and he'll send them a dvd that has an even longer documentary about how their religious freedom is under attack and the dvd has appearances by rick santorum and gee whiz what a coincidence rick santorum owns the company that made this documentary hmm. uh yeah that's what rick santorum does when he's not pretending to run for president uh. he's the head of a a religious movie studio oh. that makes infomercials for churches. Okay. Uh, so not a bad racket there. Sure. Anyway, so Tony Perkins is involved in this whole scheme because he is on the committee, the, the platform committee for the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and he very much The itty-bitty-titty committee? <laughs> yeah. 
I uh, cannot say how many titties are on the committee. Hmm. Uh, I would have to guess not very many. Hmm. He wants very much for the Republican Party to remain opposed to gay marriage. Sure. There are other factions on the platform committee that are not so sure. Uh, That effort is being spearheaded by the American Unity Fund. What are they? They are a bunch of super rich, like they have all the money in the world, billionaire Republicans, Mm -hmm. uh, who want to make gay marriage a thing. Are they led by Queen Latifah? I don't know if she's a Republican. Now, didn't she have that song? And I may be confusing her with another artist of the time, so I'm sorry, but is she... U-N-I-T-Y, U-N-I-T-Y, that's a unity. Is that the one, is that the video that has the Queen Latifah wipe? It might be. I think that's the one... Oh, where she, like, spins across the camera? Yeah, I think that's the one where Queen Latifah spins across the camera, and there's some footage on one side of her and other footage on the other side of her. It's like a star wipe, only it's made of Queen Latifah. Yes, that is a wipe we've wanted uh, to add to Final Cut for a long time, where you can just have Queen Latifah spin Spin across across. the frame and wipe from one thing to another. Speaking of Queen Latifah, I saw a marvelous uh, interpretation of her song from Chicago last night. Yeah? When You're Good to Mama, you're familiar with that one. Oh, sure. I saw Mama Tits celebrity drag queen of seattle performed mm-hmm. that at the uh, shakespeare show she is a mama so when you're good to mama i mean it only makes sense mm. she was uh you know doing a performance she's like all right I'm, I'm this was so for listeners this was a shakespeare themed drag performance at the seattle public library it was amazing uh mama was asked to uh host the event and so she was like all right well i can either do i, I can do a, a, a number about one of two characters i can either do lady Macbeth." Mm-hmm. Which is fitting for her. Sure. Or I can do, and I'm not so familiar with this character, Lady Quickly? Lady Quickly? Yeah. Uh, it, I does guess she make chocolate milk? She might be from Twelfth Night. I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. But she's a madam. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, it's madam. Sorry. It's Madam Quickly. Not Lady ah. Quickly. Madam Quickly. Huh. Or Madam Quick. Anyway. So, obviously, I did not retain a lot about Shakespeare. But I certainly saw uh, Mama Tits perform a number from Chicago. Hmm. So, that was lovely. I don't know how we got on this topic. How'd you trick me into talking about Mama Tits? Oh, because Queen Latifah runs the Republican uh, National Convention. Uh, sure, let's go for that. No, it's actually been run by uh, Paul Singer. Uh, the sewing machine? Yep, he's a living sewing machine. Ah. He is a super rich billionaire hedge fund guy who does stuff with money. So basically he massages other people's money and somehow he has all the money. So uh, sure, great, good for him. Okay. He's got a gay kid. Okay. And so he's one of those Republicans suddenly discovered that uh, LGBT issues are very important immediately after realizing that they affected his family. Yeah. So he is spending millions and millions of dollars, and mm-hmm. a lot of other Republicans are, to try to pressure the Republican uh, platform committee to uh, take their opposition uh, to gay marriage out of the pl- party platform. Okay. What's the likelihood that that's going to happen? Close to zero, I'd say. Yeah. Probably zero, maybe negative zero, but I mean, they can try Mm -hmm. and who knows, maybe something will come of this. Okay. I mean, who's steering the platform at this point? Because like, let's say, let's say Trump's the nominee. Mm Mm-hmm. His platform, I don't see any way that it's aligned with the party's platform, right? Like, he's just going to say and do whatever he wants. Exactly. I don't think the the platform is going to matter to him. He's going to be like, what's this thing? And then he's going to wipe his mouth with it because well, he's just eating a burger. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't... Like, like they can go through these motions, but if Trump is their candidate, I mean, I guess they've got the down ticket people to think about. The, you know, senators and congressmen are up for election, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think at that point, it's every man for himself. Yeah. I mean, if Trump's at the head of the ticket, like, what is the platform at that point? Here's what I imagine. Imagine is it's like a boat, an old timey boat, 
mm-hmm. and there's a big ship's wheel with all those spokes coming off of it. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of people all grasping at the different spokes and yanking and pulling and the ship's careening all over the place and uh, they pull too hard, the spoke comes off in their hand and they're like, oh, nuts. And then they crash on the rocks and they have to eat each other. That's what I think is going to happen to the Republican Party. Well, maybe. Or maybe they'll just eat the rest of us. Um, mm, no. Although I did notice when you were going through that metaphor, our toilet just made a noise. So I think the toilet was chiming in. It's got some <laughs> advice for the, the party platform. I mean, that's who's steering the ship at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that part in, I think it's Look Who's Talking To, where uh, the toilet man wants to take Bruce Willis's peepees? You tell me about this all the time, and you made me watch this video Oh recently. no, Mr. Toilet Man! It's an angry uh, demon toilet that's trying to steal Bruce Willis's peepees. Bruce Willis is a baby at this point. Yes. Oh, I don't want the baby. No, any the baby. Uh, yeah. So the toilet has it's like a Yiddish toilet, as I recall. What? Am I wrong about this? I don't think so. I think the toilet has like the voice of uh, Gary Marshall or something, mm-hmm. or Larry David. <laughs> I don't think it's Larry David. Although I would love to see a children's film where Larry David's a toilet. That could happen. That could happen when he's done. There's a lot of awkward misunderstandings <laughs> around his function. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Republican Party. Uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, they'll disintegrate as they approach a black hole. Maybe they'll suddenly be like, "Oh, we don't oppose gay marriage anymore," and then who knows? Well, with the general electorate, mm-hmm. gay marriage is no longer much of a wedge issue for them, right? Or yeah. at least it's not a successful wedge issue because the the side of the wedge that they break on is now the small side Mm -hmm. of the the cheesy wedge Mm -hmm. but well that's nationally speaking i have a feeling like in parts of the country where republicans are doing better like if you went into i don't know louisiana and you were running for congress and you said let's get those queers i think you'd probably do pretty well well yeah absolutely what i was going to say is that locally and in primaries i think it's a very successful issue for them but when it comes to national stuff or when someone has to run statewide as opposed to just locally like in congressional districts, uh, I think it's still a very strong issue for a lot of Republicans. Mm-hmm. But if it's a statewide issue and it's a state with one or God help them more big cities, mm-hmm. I think it's becoming less and less of a successful issue. Oh, yeah, because even in states that that tend to go red, if they have big urban centers, there's going to be some support for marriage equality. Yeah. In those big cities. It's going to be the millennials. They're, mm-hmm. we, we're so annoyed by them, but uh, bless their hearts, they can do some good because they're the ones, if they actually ever vote, they're the ones who can be like, oh, what's this gay marriage thing? Oh, what are you trying to do? What's the big idea? That's who, that's how they talk. That's how millennials talk. I got my finger on the pulse. Well, not just younger people. I mean, I think also in big cities, you're more likely to have people who know gays. Mm-hmm. And as we found with uh, that Republican guy who you gave as an example earlier, the way empathy seems to work for them is they have to directly be impacted by someone. Like, it's not enough just to know other people out there are suffering. They have to actually suffer themselves mm-hmm. or be a degree of separation away from someone who's suffering. Yep. Um, and if you're in a big city, that's more likely to happen. Whereas mm-hmm. if you are, you know, out in the middle of nowhere with just a big sign on your farm that says Iran nuke deal sucks because you have a lot of insight into the Iran nuke deal... I'm sorry, that's top of mind, because we saw that on a drive recently. Yeah. Um, It's like, yeah, you're probably not encountering a lot of LGBT people, and therefore... Uh, You can demonize them as much as you want, and it becomes very appealing when someone says, oh, these demons Mm -hmm. that are stalking the big cities, turning your children gay when you send them off to college, um, need to be stopped. Indeed. So, yeah. Uh, And we're going to talk a little bit about that empathy and uh, meeting people who are not like you in just a little bit. Oh, boy. Uh, But first, what do you know about Norway? It's their way or the highway. Uh, So here's how their way is in Norway right now. Mm -hmm. Gay marriage in the church. 
Okay. What church? Uh, the Lutheran Church. Okay. So the Lutheran Church voted this week to allow same-sex marriages. Uh, you can get a, a Lutheran priest to, to gay marry, you know. Okay. And I don't know how Lutheran churches are organized. Is it by country or what? Like, why is this in Norway and nowhere else? Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like the Anglican Communion. There are all these different uh, sort of branches that go off into their own countries and do their own things. Norway is fairly progressive when it comes to LGBT issues. Lutherans in general have been good about uh, queer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Norway, Norway was the sixth country in the world to allow same-sex marriage. That was in 2009, I believe. Uh, and so they've been, you know, doing the gay marriage thing for a long time. And they just had their big annual vote. Uh, the vote was 88 to 115 uh, okay. from representatives of the church. And so kind of a landslide. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good uh, majority. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point where it's not like, oh, there's going to be some big schism in the church now. Sure. So great. Hooray. Congratulations to all our Norwegian listeners. Yeah. Yes. Um, is is Norwegian the language of Norway, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, so we don't actually know that much about uh, Norway. Is what we're saying, just that we can go there and uh, get married. We could, but we won't. What, what would we do if we went to Norway? Uh, we would go ice fishing, mm-hmm. and then we would cook up our ice and eat it. Do Do you know some good ice recipes? Uh, I know how to put ice in my martini. Ooh, a little martini and rossi asti. What's rossi asti? Oh, martini rossi asti and a Maserati pasta. Is that a person? Sure. Is Maserati pasta a person? Uh, Maserati pasta is my drag name. Oh, you've got so many... Oh, Krylo, you're going to have to add to the list. (laughs) Uh, Our listener, oh, Krylo, uh, has been compiling lists of all the different identities James has assumed. So, Maserati pasta is now... Pasta? Oh. Oh, Wait, Maserati pasta? Was that it? Okay, Maserati pasta. Well, back in this country, Uh we've got some uh, weird little sound bites from Ryan Anderson. Who is what? Who is that? So, Ryan Anderson, he's this guy. Uh Uh, He works for the Heritage Foundation foundation it's another one of those groups that's like oh save the family by attacking the queers uh okay um ryan's complicated because he's young he's he's a professor but he's youngish and not too bad on the eyes irritatingly he started growing a beard right after i started growing a beard but okay so i'm very annoyed at this person Mm -hmm. uh he uh, is one of those guys who sounds smart when he talks about why we need to attack gay people okay and so he's very appealing to people who are like oh there's an intellectual argument for our bigotry Mm-hmm. So he was giving a speech about what to do about the queer problem. Okay. And uh, he observed that there's been a lot of success with pregnancy crisis centers. Uh-huh. So how do we replicate that for gays? Mm-hmm. So pregnancy crisis center, you're familiar, probably. Uh, well, why don't you explain it for the listeners? So that's the thing where a woman who is thinking about having an abortion goes to a place that she think is, thinks is a, a women's health clinic. And then it turns out that it's this front group that's been set up by a religious organization to talk her out of having an abortion. Mm-hmm. So that's what a pregnancy crisis center is. And he's like, so that's worked out pretty well. How do we do that for gay people? Sure. So if you think you're gay, you go someplace and they talk you out of it? Well, so what he said is, if we're not in favor of same-sex marriage, this is a quote, mm-hmm. what are we in favor of for people with same-sex attractions? And how are we helping them live out their vocations? Uh, got, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I know that language. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're familiar with vocation, not, you know, I think mm-hmm. a vocation is like, what's your job? Right, right, right. You're, you're calling from God. Mm-hmm. Yep. So his solution uh-huh. is that if we invite gay people to Thanksgiving, uh-huh. they won't need to get married anymore. Ah! Wait, what Thanksgiving? He means, like, literally, like, November, the 4th November Thursday. No, no, I, I understand that, but, like, who's who's throwing a Thanksgiving? Like, what? I, Just your family Thanksgiving. 
What? Shall I explain? Please. He says, when Thanksgiving comes around, like uh-huh. I read the, I read a summary of this and I was like, okay, somebody mis- must have misunderstood what he was saying because this makes no sense. Okay. And then I read the quote and I was like, nope, nope, just makes no sense. Uh-huh. So he says, quote, when Thanksgiving comes around, when Christmas comes around, are you inviting a same-sex attracted colleague or friend or member of your church who isn't married and doesn't have a family of his or her own? Are you inviting them into your family to share Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner? Are you having them be big brother or big sister, godfather or godmother to your children if they're not going to be married and have children of their own? Are there ways then in which we can show that there are other forms of community that matter, that are important, that are meaningful, without having to redefine marriage? We can meet people's real needs without redefining what marriage is. Well, I don't object to 90% of that. I know. Um, That's the thing. Is this yeah. guy sounds really reasonable. He is really smart. He's mm-hmm. quite a cutie with a cute little beard. And great. Except his conclusion. Ah, it all falls apart at the end. Well, okay. But, I mean, that doesn't... I, I don't see that... Da- like, okay, so inviting people to Thanksgiving, inviting them to Christmas, inviting them to be big brothers, big sisters, godparents, etc. Nice. Uh, inviting them to church functions or whatever... None of that's going to change marriage equality. So whatever. Yeah, do that. I mean, honestly. Sure, do those things. I mean, it's not going to make gay people not want to marry each other. That's the thing. Is like he's proposing this as some way to like intervene in gay people's lives and be like, oh, you didn't really want to get married. Look, you can just come to Thanksgiving. You can be a godparent. And oh, you can just, you know, we'll we'll, we'll give you the biggest drumstick on the turkey. But but see, this is just a... uh, but again, like, I don't think this is necessarily even a dangerous idea or, no. or problematic at all because the premise is false. The premise, it, it's coming from this place that the reason why gay people get together and the reason why they think they want marriage is because they are intrinsically disordered. And so they have this need to create these fake marriage communities and these fake marriage bonds because, you know, they're these broken people who need a sense of community and need a sense of bonding that they think they can get through marriage, but they can't because what they call a marriage isn't really a marriage. So why not give them these other bonds and these other feelings of community? And then they'll realize, oh, I didn't need that fake marriage after all. But that premise is Mm -hmm. false. So whatever. Invite people to Thanksgiving, (laughs) invite them to Christmas, invite them to be big brothers, big sisters, invite them to church functions. Terrific. The thing is, Gay people don't want to get married because they want to fix their brokenness by creating a fake bond. They want to get married because they want to form a bond In the same with way another that, person. Yeah, just yeah, like everyone else. Right. And I think the problem is that once you accept that gay people want to form the same kind of bond as straight people, then a lot of the other arguments against marriage equality fall apart. Mm-hmm. So you have to cling to that idea that what they're trying to do is sort of a black mass version of mm-hmm. a marriage, a, a mockery, a, 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 you know, this. they want this fake thing mm-hmm. that they think is real, but the poor deluded souls just need to come around to realize that that can never really be a marriage. Um, So let's give them Thanksgiving instead. Right. But if you open it up even a little bit to the reason they want to get married is just because they have the same feelings that heterosexual couples have, then yeah, a lot of it just doesn't work after that. So ultimately, like if the result of this idea is that more people come to Thanksgivings and more church people reach out to gay people to include them in their lives... Uh, great. Well, I think the result of that is going to be more people coming around to marriage equality. Uh huh. Absolutely. Like uh-huh. when I when I finally read this, I was yeah. like, reached the same conclusion you did. Like this guy does not understand why gay people want to get married. I think he does, but I think he 
he has to try to logic his way mm-hmm. into this place. But it seems to me, like, maybe this isn't the case, but it seemed to me like, boy, oh boy, if, like, a closeted queer person wanted to sneak into this organization and make <laughs> some actual productive suggestions that would eventually benefit everybody, but they had to disguise it and find some justification that would sound palatable to religious bigots, this is the way to do it. It's kind mm, of brilliant. No. I don't think, I mean, no. I don't think that's what's going on here, but it's a nice story to tell. Anyway, if, uh, if, the, sure. if the end result of all this is more people spending Thanksgiving together and seeing like, oh, these gay people are actually not so bad. I was going to say the ends justify the means, but even like the means are not bad. Like the ends and the means are good. Yeah. I mean, if you're just exposing more people in extended families and more people in communities to LGBT people, it's not the LGBT people that are going to change. No. I mean, we've seen for decades now that when people are exposed to LGBT members of their community, they change their opinion about LGBT people. It's not the LGBT people change their opinion about their sexuality. So anyway, this is just a long and convoluted way for me to tell you that we're going to Ryan Anderson's house for Thanksgiving next year. All right. Well, you say he's cute, so... Yeah. All right. Uh, He uh, extended that invitation to us uh, via Grindr. Uh, So... (laughs) I mean, I don't want to do that thing where if somebody's being shitty to gays, uh, you accuse them of being gay, because that, I think, is counterproductive. I mean, someone can just be dumb. I think that's true. You're right. It's not fair to dumb people. No, I agree. I agree. I don't like that thing of being like, oh, well, he's, he's probably a closet case. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to joke about, but... It's- I mean, it, it is also somewhat scientifically borne out that <laughs> prejudice toward same-sex attracted people is correlated in some ways to you, a same-sex attraction of your own, but mm-hmm. correlation is not causation. Ooh-ah-ooh-ah. Ooh, oh, Ooh. science. Ooh. Oh, I love when you talk Ooh. science to me. I didn't even use it properly. <laughs> causation <laughs> isn't what we're talking about. <laughs> Ding-dong. Oh, I love when you misunderstand science at me. I love to misunderstand. Oh, now tell That's- me about the Lard Hard-On Collider. The Large Hard-On Collider? Did I say the Lard Hard On Collider? You said Lard Hard On. Lard Hard On. That's my drag name. No, that's your porn name. That's, oh, it is. Lard Hard On. It paints quite a picture, that name. It does. Speaking of painting a picture, hmm. we've had a, re- a, a reader request, a listener request. Uh-huh. So, Nola Gazer, a faithful listener slash watcher of, of lots of stuff that we do. Oh, okay. Uh, enjoyed your description in the last episode of Rats Wearing Pope Hats. <laughs> Did he? Okay. He has, he has asked for an illustration. From who? Uh, from you, I think. Oh. I think this is something that you need to draw. We could open it up to fan art. Oh my goodness, yes. Listeners, if you would like to draw a rat with a Pope hat, please do and tweet it at me, at Matt Baum. Uh, James, I really appreciate your artistic uh, abilities. Uh, I think that you would be capable of drawing a fantastic rat with a Pope hat. So let's put them all together. I wonder if that's the thing that would finally get me excommunicated. Maybe. Drawing a rat dressed as the Pope. After all we've done. (laughs) Um, You've done some pretty excommunicatable things. I looked into, not to go back into Catholic stuff, but I looked into formally leaving the church Mm -hmm. and they made it really really hard to do after all the uh, abuse stuff came out oh dear. because so many people were basically you just used to have to write a letter to somebody um, but so many people were leaving the church that they changed the rules that basically you can write the letter and they'll keep it on file and whatever but you're still a member just in case you change your mind this is like trying to cancel a cell phone agreement very much so do you have to like call an 800 number now and go through like the the retention department no you just can't really do it um, <laughs> yeah I mean so even if you are excommunicated there's still the possibility of reconciliation, so uh, you're still kind of on the books. Good. Uh, no thanks to those books. <laughs> well, maybe, like, send them, a, instead of sending them a letter, I bet they have not received a lot of drawings of Pope <laughs> <rats>. <laughs> 
I bet they've received some. I bet they've received some saucy political satire. I mean, there was a... When we first moved to San Francisco, wasn't uh, The Pope is Poop written everywhere? It was. Someone spray-painted that in front of our house. Yeah. It wasn't just our house. I feel it was up and down. Oh, hey, yeah, it was everywhere. The Pope is Poop was everywhere. Yeah. And our landlord was dismayed because he said that while he agreed with the sentiment, <laughs> uh, he's responsible from the city for keeping the, the property free of graffiti. And mm-hmm. So he was annoyed at having to... Uh, I don't know, sandblast away the Pope is poop. Mm. Oh, it wow. lives on forever. Whoever was responsible for that. The, the Pope's enemy, do you think it was Satan? Yes. <laughs> yes, the great enemy was going around San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, if anywhere. Spray painting the Pope is poop. <laughs> Amazing. I just, like, I'm imagining the person who is making that stencil, yeah. like, chuckling to themselves, like, I got one for you. <laughs> your, your holiness. Twirling his goatee mustache. Mm. And his tail, his, his forked tail. Yeah, walking backwards. <laughs> Tickling people invisibly. That's uh, th- that's uh, that's the San Francisco tickle. Sure, from the devil tickles you with his tail yes. invisibly. Invisibly. Uh, speaking of our uh, travels around this great nation, uh-huh. uh, we're going to be going to Austin next week. Oh, we'll be deep in the heart of Texas. Clap, it clap, all clap. comes full circle because you talked about Texas earlier. I did. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that you can sing any Emily Dickinson poem to the Yellow Rose of Texas? Mm, that is not true. What? <laughs> no, I don't yes, know. it is. I just wanted to burst your bubble. Although I, I would to... not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. So I've heard that with that one song. Uh, I don't know any other Emily Dickinson Well, she songs. wrote everything in the same meter, so oh, well, they're all going to work. But couldn't you also sing that to, I don't know, like the happy birthday song? Because uh, I did not... No, I guess that doesn't work. <laughs> Never mind. Are there other poets for whom that works? Like, could you read, um, I don't know, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in the meter of... I think she was so... I don't want no scrubs. She was so idiosyncratic in that she wrote every poem in basically the same the same structure that I think it, she's probably unique mm. in that somebody found one song that all her poems work with. Like, I, I just would like some more... I, would lo- I want corroborating evidence is what I'm trying to say. I, I want... Go on the internet right now mm-hmm. and get me some Emily Dickinson poems. Find me some Emily Dickinson poems. Oh, her handwriting is atrocious. I want to... Look, so here's... Here, can you you sing this? She wrote 1,200 poems. Jesus. Here we go. Hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul And sings the tune without the words and never stops at all And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm That could abash the little bird that kept so many warm I've heard it in the chillest lands and on the strangest sea Yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me that's not bad at all. I'm not sure that the Yellow Rose of Texas is just like those two bars. I don't I think, know the rest of it. I think it I goes know. on. I, what's the rest of it? Welcome to the rose. I'm gonna prick your finger. Some say love. Oh, that's, that's the same song? It is a finger that slides between your thighs. And some say love. It starts to linger when you smell some guys. You found a rhyme. That's they say love. It is an anglerfish. Why is hiding beneath your bed? I don't see the Texas connection with it. But the Texan sheriff rootin'. He was tootin' from the rose. I'm so turned on right now. 
Oh, that is lovely. Anyway, the reason that I brought up Texas is because we're going to be there. We're going to Austin this weekend. Why? We're going for HavenCon. Oh. It's an LGBT nerd convention, and it's going to be in Austin. We're going to do a panel. I'm doing two panels, for heaven's sake. I'm not. No, you're just doing one. Oh. What's uh, your other one? Uh, it's coming out in the games industry. Oh. So I'm going to be... You're in the games industry? Well, I've talked to a lot of people who are. So, panel number one mm-hmm. is highlights from our road trip where we talk to people about being LGBT gamers. It's called Queer Gamers coast to coast it's happening at noon and uh it's gonna be real swell mm-hmm. and then panel number two is happening at 1 p.m in the same room so basically i just sit, get to sit in a chair for two hours <laughs> it's gonna be me talking about coming out in the game in- industry with some folks from uh, various game companies including a uh, lovely and delightful karen weeks from bioware oh nice yes so i'm very excited for this uh really looking forward to it if you're in austin come by and check us out uh and uh yeah we're gonna be in your fair hamlet uh, in just a few days so that's going to be, I should say, the date. Uh, it's uh, April 23rd. Saturday, April 23rd at noon. Hmm. Uh, yeah, at HavenCon. All right. Hooray! Do I have to go? Yes, I'm afraid uh, you do. Uh. But you can be in disguise. Okay. What will your disguise be? Uh, I'm going to be the Yellow Rose of Texas. No rose. Uh-huh. Do we have anything else that we uh, are looking forward to uh, on this trip? Is there anything in Austin that you want to see? I want to meet the Texas Toast. Okay. Isn't there... Uh, there's Texas tea. We can have some Texas toast with some Texas tea. A big cup of oil. Yeah. Crude oil, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bubbling tea. A bubbling crude. Mm-hmm. You're a bubbling crude. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. It really is. Uh, listeners, thank you, as always, for joining us. If you've got thoughts on today's show, you can always tweet at me. I'm at Matt Baum. Please do remember to draw a picture of a rat with a Pope hat and send it to me. Tweet it at me, at Matt Baum. I cannot wait to see listener submissions. Uh, and I'll have James's drawing uh, posted as well. Let's see about that. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave a review on iTunes. You can also get the book, Defining Marriage. That's on Amazon.com. And if you get the book, please do leave a review and let me know what you thought. I love reading those reviews of the books. Everyone's been so very kind. And same goes with the iTunes reviews. Definitely enjoying reading all the lovely iTunes reviews. There's one negative one, but all the others are very nice. <laughs> uh, the negative one was dismayed that we didn't know how to pronounce the name of Manny Pacquiao. Fair enough. So you can also check out my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris, for stories of the entertainment that changed the lives of gay men. Uh, last week, I had uh, the lovely John Lorigan on the program. We talked about the movie Matilda, which uh, I've never actually seen before, uh, but it is actually a really charming piece of work. It's got Danny DeVito. Uh, in a role that is as Matilda as Matilda mm-hmm. unexpected very unusual casting decision boy I'm a magic kid look at me magic things around and of course it stars the lovely Mara Wilson who these days does not do a whole as heck Trunchbull. of a lot of, as Trunchbull yeah mm-hmm. it's very strange that they cast a little girl as Trunchbull but uh, oh the spent... Trunchbull what are you doing to me yep that's, oh that's I'm the penguin as always your Mara Wilson impression is on point well I've been re- I've been rehearsing good uh, she was just on Broad City. Uh, Danny DeVito? Yep, Danny DeVito, just on Broad City. Anyway, uh, listen to Sewers of Paris. I've got some very, very exciting guests coming up, so stay tuned. And now, by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. Why do I love you, sir? Because the wind does not require the grass to answer. Wherefore, when he has some... <laughs> is this too? Is this too difficult? I, do you need an easier Dickinson? I need an easier Dickinson. I'll give you an easy Dickinson right here. Ugh.